If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hey, friend, it is Angie Austin with The Good News. Got many of The Good News gals here. And, uh, boy, it's almost even Steven today. We have three Good News guys, so that's when I call it my God squad. Whoop, whoop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're ready. Are you ready? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Eric Reamer's been joining us. Eric is my radio buddy. Had a show, Experience Pros Radios, for 10 years, and uh, we've stayed friends. And uh, since he worked next door to me here, I said, hey, why don't you start uh, doing some uh, segments with the Good News gals? I think you'd get a kick out of it. And if I, Am I right so far? I am having the best time, and your gals... Top notch. I know, I know. So basically, it's like you're sitting down with some friends and you're having a cup of coffee and you're having conversations. And the cool thing about bringing in the male voice as well is we're talking about how to navigate life, you know, as Christians and as parents and friends and, you know, parents of, you know, uh, you know, children of aging parents. So there's a lot going on in our lives. And in the last week, we've talked about divorce and we've talked about death of one of the good news gals' husbands suddenly. And uh, Michelle Ron's been honest about being in that part of her life where she puts it, she goes to a lot of doctor's appointments and she's um, singing at a lot of her friends' funerals. And it's a hard stage of life for her. And then Roxy, uh, Roxy, one of the good news gals, she's got a three and, uh, pardon me, a five and seven-year-old. And now she's got a 15-year-old, almost 15-year-old that she's added to her bunch. So we've got Michelle, we've got Roxy, our other Michelle, Miss Senior America 2004, and then also uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Bishop joining us. And Eric, I introduced, and producer Dave. We have quite a crew. And also, now we're going to talk addiction and addiction recovery, because joining us today is Rob Lohman. And talk about friends. Um, I often say it's good news, gals, and uh, the good news and friends. Rob, when I looked up Rob Lohman on Facebook, I saw that we had like, you know, like a hundred mutual friends or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. So I started going through the pictures saying like, oh my gosh, he knows like a lot of my good Christian friends. And that's the theme when I get... Um, when I'm on Facebook and I'm looking at someone, I check to see which friends we have in common. And they were 66, actually, to be exact, of my very good friends, including you, Eric, and Beatrice Bruno, right. the drill sergeant of life. And underneath Rob's name, it says, I love helping people move from addiction into recovery. If I can help, call me. And it's got his phone number. And I was like, wow, Rob, that's like putting it out there. Yeah, you got to be available for people, so I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm afraid if I said, if you if you need some help, give me a jingle and just put my phone number on my Facebook. I mean, that's that's bold. That's the difference between men and women. Yeah. Just call me. Yeah. Please. <laughs> and anyone. I'm desperate, right? Well, I want to hear about your journey because this is what you do now, and I know that this has been a very lumpy and bumpy road to helping others so um are you comfortable sharing your testimony with us oh most definitely it's it's the story god gave me so it's the story i share so let's step back in time a little you know a lot of people like i'll give my testimony well last week and i'm like no no we're going back further than that so tell us a little about yourself yeah well i mean i grew up in a christian home and the journey for me was you know being that kid that did all the 
you know, the outreaches, all the ski trips, all the church things, but age 14, alcohol entered the picture, and that just kind of... Already kinda, at 14. Yeah, I, I was the kid that brought the flask with you on, like, the church ski trip, and then just kind of snuck it up on the slopes, and so it was kind of like putting on that image, the chameleon lifestyle, you know, and alcohol just kind of became my master for the next 15 years, and just, that was everything I did involved, alcohol, drinking, drugs, sex, just So kinda, wait, go back to that. Okay, I, I noticed Michelle's writing it down, too, teacher... Teacher Michelle writes down notes. Well, so just know that she's yeah. Lifestyle. Yes, chameleon. what a great boy that. We're sums at church. It up. You're yeah. the right church boy, That's and with your party friend, you're the right party boy, and at home, yeah. you're the right student. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I had great grades, straight A's. It was just kind of I could manipulate. I mean, as as addicts, we become great manipulators. So, and I always knew in the back of my mind, like you know, being a Christian, it was like, okay, God, you're my savior, but I'm not ready to make you my Lord yet. And so that's kind of the way I live my life for pretty much a majority of my life up until I got sober. Now, when you started drinking at 14, because my dad once told me how he became an alcoholic, and it was in high school, and it was immediate. Like, the second he had it, he felt like he needed it, and when he drank it, it was a binge. It wasn't just, like, a little. He drank it. Yeah, the switch went on. It was really funny. I was actually at a church little gathering, um, and a buddy of mine showed up with a six-pack of beer, and he just said, hey, Loman, you want to go have a few beers? And I'm like, sure. So it was two girls two guys and a six pack of beer three of them went down like that for me and i knew right then it was like i found my my uh, my elixir it was just kind of mm-hmm. and the switch just went off so and how old were you then 14 wow yeah, and i hit it well you know i hit it with allergies and dry contacts and you know it was just I mean, going to school during the day it was sneaking away and going to the local restaurant and with three or four buddies and drinking these big Hulu or whatever they were called, like Hawaiian drinks at a local Chinese place. You'd be able to get served? Yeah, in, in high school, we'd go down there, and it was fake look, IDs. Take a look at him. He's a big boy. Yeah. So you'd go in high school on like lunch, at lunchtime and go drink big Hawaiian drinks and be able to come back to school and semi-function. Yeah, because you were like the teacher's aide who was your swim coach, and you just kind of got away with stuff. So you were able to keep up that facade, even if staying in sports and continuing to get good grades, even with the addiction. Yep, and I realized senior year, because I was a really good swimmer, and I realized senior year, since I was getting drunk before swim practice, it was time to quit swimming. and um, Or not drunk, but like, you know, drinking, which isn't safe anyway. So I just kind of, you know, just kind of backed out of swimming. and. But you gave up swimming. That you were good in, at. Yeah. You maybe even could have gotten wow. a scholarship or something. Yeah, I don't know. I may mean, not have been that good, but I, I mean, I, it was, it was, I always say that if you put alcohol and potential in the same room, like alcohol kicks potentials rear end every single time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just does. Oh, I'm just so thankful I've never had a taste for alcohol. I have so many addicts in my family, and it's just not ended well. All I can say to my kids is, okay, there's drugs, and there's people who don't take drugs in our family. Okay, so there's my brother who's dead. He was murdered. My brother who's homeless. He did it. And there's dad who was out of my life for 35 years. They're the, the ones that did it. And then there's me. And then, you know, and uh, Very brother, successful. Yeah, brother, uh, my brother Ted, who graduated the top 1% of his class at West Point Military Academy, and you compare him to his sibling that was a year apart and who, who was murdered, and then my sibling who was close to me who's still homeless. So I said, it's kind of obvious to me. And my, my uncle, my uncle who overdosed and died, you know, it's like, and then my, my two cousins that just, you know, one of them just got out of prison, you know, so it's like, okay, you've got, you can divide our family right down the middle, the ones who use it and the ones who don't, that is that clear cut. So I said, when your friends tell you that, hey, it's not a big deal, just try it, you're such a dud, what a loser, you're yeah. no fun, are you, you're scared, aren't you? You're scared. Just say, well, in my family, they just pretty much die when they use it.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll, that'll turn someone the other way. Yeah, pretty right. they die in my family. Yeah. All right, so how do then you quit swimming? Yep. So I, just so, joining us on the good news, Rob Lowman's talking about his testimony, his journey from addiction out of addiction to now helping people recover. Uh, so much so that he throws his uh, phone number right up on Rob Lowman on Facebook and says, "Give me a jingle if you want some help." So you're um, dropping out of. Uh, of of swimming and you're a senior in high school and then where do we go yep so the dream was to go be a doctor so that was a my grandpa was a doctor he like delivered half of fort wayne indiana and so i wanted to go to college to be a doctor so the great place to accelerate your drinking and use is when you're in college so i went to uh, depaul university and just you know I, I, I had the dream to be a doctor but alcohol was just always there and now i didn't have parents that loved me a lot and they were not around all the time so excuse me so i could manipulate that avenue along the way and um and you know college was just a it was good and it was bad it was you know I was the fraternity guy you know that just tried to again create that chameleon lifestyle Boy, and if you're an alcoholic and you're in a fraternity it, talk about an environment that is feeding your addiction gasoline to, to, to the fire oh it was horrible yeah. i mean it was in in your and you can manipulate the conversations with parents at home and so i got in trouble a few times with the cops when i was in college and it was just kind of like go to these recovery meetings and you can't drink, but we can test you anytime you want. And so it was just this art of being the chameleon lifestyle. And um, actually, there's a there's a theory I'm working on called the chameleon theory. So no one can no one can. It's on the air now, so just know that this <laughs> is yours. coming. But yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> but it's um, it's just the manipulation world. So I was in as a biology student, had a huge focus on. Still want to be a doctor, but just kind of blind to the fact that you got to go to class and no, yeah, stop yeah. it. Yeah, you got to study. <laughs> you have to get A's, and but if I needed to get an A, I got it easy. I was just smart, but I just didn't want to apply myself. I didn't have that drive, the internal drive. Uh, but still, like you know, the the moments of death I almost had in college due to drinking, and that's I started doing drugs in college too. Oh, so I would never oh. do drugs. Never. Oh, okay. So that got added into added, there. Yeah. A what little kind bit of drugs. A little bit of pot. And that was fun. And then I was like, oh, pot's cool. So I smoked a lot of that. And then it was, oh, well, you we may as well try some shrooms. And so I tried that. And it was just anything someone put in front of me, except I knew my limits. I knew I would. I never would ride a motorcycle, and I would never do cocaine or or put anything that was really hard in my body. So. Uh, but you know, uh, felt you were still dabbling, and yeah. so he—if you just heard him say it was fun—it becomes not fun very quickly. So we'll get to that part. Yes, yeah, fun, not yeah, exactly. So, but somehow I managed to graduate college in four years. I was the first guy in my family to do that, and I remember graduation day, like both sets of grandparents were there, cousins, everyone from Indiana came in, and I still didn't know if I was going to graduate. Mm. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't oh, tell anybody nerve-wracking. this. Nerve-wracking. My GPA and my, my my GPA and my major was a little bit low, and I had to get like a huge grade, like almost ace the final to like pass. Oh. But no one knew that except for Rob and my and my professor. So the day of graduation, my professor calls me in. And he's like, "Rob, get in my office now." <gasps> and I'm thinking, this is not. This is not good, you know, hundred and something thousand dollars in college education down the drain, right? But he brings me in, and he, and he it was a five-page test, and he shows me the first page, and he's like, something like ninety-nine, ninety-eight, a hundred, and keeps flipping the pages. He's like, this is the highest score I've ever had on my final. He's like, what in the heck have you been doing? You pass, get out, good luck. And so, so did, he didn't question if you were cheating no. or. Anything? No, he. I mean, he. He knew, were, he knew you were smart. Yeah, he knew. I mean, he knew that I had a lot of intelligence. I was just a lazy guy it. that liked to party. Yeah. So, yeah. 
why why apply it but and i've always felt bad about that because i mean my parents paid for college and it was one of the things of well um when i graduate college I want, I'm not going to be a doctor, so I'm going to go live in Vail for a year and a half while I figure myself out. Oh, your gap year at Vail and a year and a, a half. Year. And how long did the gap year become? It was a year and a half. I promised okay. 18 months, and then, I mean, it was it was just, I don't even want to talk about that, 18 months. It was bad. And, um, oh, it but, got worse. Oh, it got a lot worse. I mean, blackouts. I mean, I was, I was a bouncer because I graduated college 215 pounds because um, I, I told on my car before my senior year in a drunk driving accident. Flipped my car end over end six times and... No one I mean, died. I should be dead. Like, I mean, there's, I got plenty of stories on, I just should 100% be dead. But for the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I was and just going to say, but mm, God. And I always believe that, but I use that as the excuse to be a fool. Ah. Oh. Because I believed he was keeping me alive for something bigger and better. Well, he was. Oh, yeah. And I just, and so I use that to be like, I was, I kind of convinced myself I was invincible and I get more invincible in my mind later on in my story. So, uh, so, Paul approached that in the Bible. He says, what should we say then? Uh, because sin abounds, should we just go ahead? Or grace abounds, should we continue to sin? And he answers it, absolutely not. Yeah. Sometimes we need to get that message. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Vail. Yep. Uh, you're uh, out of school. You're there for 18 months. It was bad. You'd already had a really bad uh, DUI accident totaling your car. And then what happens after Vail where your addiction gets even worse? Yeah, it was crazy. And the, th the weird thing was, like, I didn't get a DUI. I got away with that, too. Whoa. I never got a DUI. Anytime I got arrested, I got out of it. It was just this art of manipulation. So um, so it was kind of after that and then went to Vail and then just became a, a professional alcoholic and professional businessman and just dabbled in the world of, like, I went and got my MBA because I just figured that'd make me more marketable. Uh, got married, got divorced really fast because it just was a good alcoholic marriage. And but just always presented this image. You know, I was in real estate, but I told people I was a stockbroker because I thought that sounded cooler. Like I just had this like I, I, I wasn't comfortable with who I was. So I just put this image on of who I oh, yeah. I thought the girl I was talking to the bar would think I was cooler because of this or whatever. It was just I was so just kind of messed up in the head just because you don't know the false from reality. All your friends drink find ones that drink more so you don't look as bad, go to church on Sunday every now and then. Oh, you find know. ones who drink more so you seem like the good one of oh, the group. Totally, yeah. Yeah, that they're the losers and yeah. you're the one that really keeps it together as yep. an alcoholic. So what finally ended this? What? How far, how low did you go? Yeah, so, um, so I ended up getting uh, divorced and I was living in Indiana after I got my MBA. My uncle hired me on to work in real estate. It was a six-state region. And it was one of those nights where I, I, like, really wanted to quit drinking. Like, I was tired of it. I was up to close to, like, two bottles of scotch a day, yes. Had you had that feeling before that you wanted to quit? Oh, yeah. You did. Oh, yeah. Had. Oh, okay. yeah. Many times. It really? Was, I, I, I was sick and tired of who I was becoming. Yes. But I just didn't really have the... Know how to do it. Yeah. No, I yeah. just didn't want to. I was, like, sick and tired but didn't want so, to do it. So, Rob, you know, this is the good news. Where, where did it turn? for you what was the what was the aha uh -huh, I, I i got i yeah we're getting to the, the lowest shift. point yeah. where you make the, 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 the shift yeah so it was um it was a couple months before this like i'd be driving down the highway and i would literally see my car hit a median explode i would die in the vision i would have but i'm just driving straight down the highway this was happening more and more and more and so one night i'm hanging out in a bar in fort wayne indiana and um it was my scene it was you know music girls just what I did like eight nights a week I joke about but I went out every night 
And all of a sudden, the bar got completely dead silent. And I audibly heard the words, you're done. And then the bar got completely loud again. And not knowing what just happened, I looked at my buddy Sean. I'm like, dude, I got to go home. I don't know what just happened. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I finally got to, I'm finally done drinking. Like, God just told me I'm done drinking. So I drive home completely intoxicated to my one-bedroom apartment in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I walk up the 12, 15 stairs up to my loft with a workout gym in the middle because I was fit. And, you know, I just had to have a gym in the middle as a single guy, right? But I end up walking right past my dog, Jake. And I uh, put about 300-plus pounds on my barbell and laid down on my workout bench, put my hands on that barbell, picked it up, and just dropped it. Oh. And um, in mid-drop, mid this all happens in, like, split seconds. And I can see it happening when I tell you the story, too, is the bar, drop, the bar stops. My dog starts nudging my leg, kind of doing the head tilt thing, like, you know, what are you doing, Dad? And my first thought was, who's going to feed Jake tomorrow morning? And then I started thinking about my parents and all the good stuff in my life. And it was the only power of God because he stopped the bar coming down. He put the bar back up on the rack. And um, I can hear it just clink as I tell you that too. And, and I finally felt like his comfort and his arms surround me. And he gave me the strength to get up and go pour out $60 bottle of scotches. $60, you know, you know what I mean, scotch. And just watching it in slow motion, just the triplets popping out of there. And I just and I felt like I was done. And I slept in peace that night and um, woke up the next day and meant to call my parents, but and my aunt accidentally called my parents and cried for an hour and said, I need help. And that was the answer prayer my mom had been praying for a while. And uh, it was just, it was that powerful day where it just, God just literally removed the obsession and compulsion to drink that day. I haven't had a craving in 17 years. And, um, and it's, it's fascinating to know that, cause I know the only th way that happens cause he did that. And that was the plan he had for me. And, you know, my recovery story is insane in uh, many other nutshells going forward with that, but recovery wasn't easy, but I just found a lot of great people that helped in sobriety and I wanted it. And I plugged into recovery meetings and got back to church, all these things. And then so um, faith became part of it. Oh yeah. Faith, faith was what I lived by. And then. Um, later on in recovery, you know, fear overtook faith and that led to a major nervous breakdown in year 2012, which landed me to go to prison for a little while and that's in recovery. Right. And, uh, and that story is, you know, and, you know, another 30 minute story inside of that too, but it's that awakening right there. Realized that it's not just about sobriety. It's about community and people and recovery and the journey that goes along in that too is just just as hard as like, it's easy to put the drink down, but you got to learn how to live life mm -hmm. on life's terms. And so, so I've had to do that, you know, ever since spending some time behind bars, um, in 2012, to, it was, uh, well, 2013, I went away for 10 and a half months and, you know, through the whole journey, my wife stayed with me. I got married and have two great kids. She stayed with me through this whole process and we continue to work through that in itself. She's a Christian too. Yeah, she's a Christian too. And and she's the one that actually told you to reach out to me. And yeah. then I said, Hey, why don't you come in and share your testimony? And so, uh, tell people how they can reach you. Cause I'm sure there's someone right now listening, uh, who's dealing with addiction and doesn't know how to take that step to get better. Yeah, totally. Um, so they can just call me. <laughs> My number's out there. It's 970-331-4469. And then they can go check out because I have a podcast I do, and um, I do a lot of different avenues of recovery, but they can always go to theaddictionrecoveryhub.com. Theaddictionrecoveryhub.com, 
And the phone number again, 970-331-4469, 970-331-4469. And again, that's Rob Lohman. I appreciate you uh, coming in, Rob. We'll have to then have you come in again and give us your testimony through the recovery part that sounds like uh, that might have been as painful as the pre-recovery part in terms of the, your journey there. I'd be happy to. All right, again, Rob Lohman, uh, and you can go to the Addiction Recovery Hub, uh, his website. And uh, Eric Reamer's here, uh, and also the Michelles. And uh, we've also got uh, Roxy O'Brien. You hear Roxy on my show a lot, uh, rejuvenationontherocks.com. And Jennifer Bishop, you can reach any of us at my website, angieaustinradio.com. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. So well, I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization. And I find so much positivity and encouragement. And I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about art. YMCA of the Rockies is the place to take your family. It's like a destination vacation in your own backyard. This year at SS Park Center, we'll be hosting family snowshoe hikes, backcountry ski meetups, outdoor winter survival trainings, winter ecology hikes, and much more. We'll have guest speakers, excursions for every level of experience, and demos by popular mountaineering equipment brands. Visit ymcarockies.org for more information. That's ymcarockies.org. O-R-G. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie and Mike here along with Lauren Fix, the car coach. And it's interesting because we just had a debate in the commercial break. So, Lauren, you set out the topic and they will let Mike do a rant. All right. Road diets. Do you know what a road diet is? I know what a road soda is. When we were kids, 
We used to cut the top off of a Coke can and you could slide a beer can inside and that's what we call the road soda. So you look oh. like you look like you're drinking a Coca-Cola, but it was a Budweiser. That sounds like that, stitches in your face is what that sounds like to me. I have no idea yeah. how about doing that. I thought a road diet was when I go cross country like with my family and you stop for like bad truck stop pastries and <laughs> stuff like that. Is that a road diet? No, actually, a road diet is also called lane reduction or road rechannelization. Don't you love that government term? <laughs> uh, it's it's a technique in transportation planning whereby the number of traveled lanes are reduced, and they claim that it's going to achieve systematic improvements and safety for all. <laughs> what? That, what? Don't you like how I said that? There's a lot of subtext there. What does that even mean? So let's say... I'm on a typical street in any town USA, two lanes of traffic going each way through town. What Mm -hmm. the road, the slimming road diet do for us? Ah, you got the key word, slimming. So this is a federal government initiative as well as each state pushing very hard for all, all these little cities to go on road diets. And there's a lot of interesting implications. First, you have two lanes going in each direction. Now they want to reduce it to one lane in each direction, no passing, bike lanes in each direction, and a sidewalk with official crosswalks. The problem with that is one, Car, people of us, those of us that buy gasoline, we pay road taxes. Bicyclists do not pay road tax, and, and they're using part of the roadway. So we've reduced our ability to pass a vehicle or to have two lanes to get where you need to be quicker. They reduced the speed limit down typically by 10 miles an hour because it's a road diet. Now, they've done this in a, a lot of cities, and it's coming to littler cities. Like they just did it in Vista Del Mar. They had to reverse it. Why, you may ask. I was about to say, why, Lauren? Why? Why? Good question, Mike. The reason that they reduced it is because little stores like cafes and barbershops and dry cleaners, they would rely on you pulling into the parking space that's in front of their store, their little teeny store, parallel park, you know, all the way along, and go in and have cafe or or whatever it is you're going to do. If there's no place to go because they're now bike lanes, with a center turn lane and two ways of traffic with no passing, there's no parking, which means you're forced to bypass these little stores. And in Vista Del Mar and a lot of other cities, that's become a problem and they've reversed it. But interestingly, I live in a little teeny city of Clarence, New York, and a friend of mine has been a long time head of the council. We're a very small town. It's like 10,000 people. And so he's, he's a conservative guy who's been up there for a long time. And everyone who's tried to run up against him never has a chance. But now he's concerned about his political position if he takes the state's advice of reducing the main drag through our little city to a road diet of two lanes, two bike lanes, and sidewalks. We've never had sidewalks. There's never been a bicyclist on this particular road because there's not a lot of little sit, lot little like villagey type stores. Mm-hmm. So this is a concern. If they reduce it, he makes his constituents mad. If he makes them mad, they don't vote for him next time. So he sees it from a political standpoint, but us as consumers see it as an inconvenience. And they've made big cities like New York reduce the speed limits down to 25 miles an hour, which makes it harder to get around, takes longer to get from one place to another. So it makes people frustrated. And the goal of the federal government is, and the states, is to have used mass transit. Well, not 
little Clarence, New York doesn't have mass transit. Neither does Vista Del Mar. Mm-hmm. Big cities do. Like New York, you can take a subway, you can walk, you can cab. So there's a lot of interesting. You're watching all this form, and you're watching a lot of cities reverse it, and it's becoming very, very popular. And I just noticed another road in my area. They reduce the speed limit down by 10 miles an hour, which says to me, here comes the road diet. Somehow it passed, and it's going to impact a lot of these small villages that maybe their politicians might end up losing their positions, especially if they're long terms. Let me ask this. Mm -hmm. Um, The road diet, I'm guessing, comes with federal road money or some of it road money. Mm -hmm. So this is social engineering that is hammered home with the money carrot. And yes, if you take the money, you have to take the road diet. Right. You don't take the road diet. You don't get the federal money for your roads and bridges that need to be repaired. And every road and bridge needs to be repaired because they're not taking your toll money and your tax, your gas tax money and putting it back into the roads and bridges on a federal level and a state level. It typically goes back into the general fund. So that's why people are getting mad. With, I've got this pothole that never seems to get repaired. And if they repair it, they do kind of a halfway job. That's why. Wow. Did you, Mike, did you show her the pothole picture? No, I was just about to bring that up. I don't know if you saw this yesterday in uh, Pennsylvania. Somebody has a pothole in a road uh, near me in PA, and they uh, got fed up with calling it in and people mm-hmm. kept hitting it and uh, flattening tires and bending rims. So someone actually put a six-foot Christmas tree in the <laughs> pothole, and it's so deep that three fully decorated. It's got tinsel. I saw it. It was awesome. You got to look it up online if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. And I'm I'm just wondering, uh, the road diet people, that town would probably take the money in order to get the paving and the potholes fixed. And Can you imagine the damage, though, from that's in Wilkes-Barre. That's just across the New York state border. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's one serious pothole. If you have a little Mini Cooper, you probably get fall into it. That's pretty serious. That's a pretty serious pothole. Uh, I mean, and those are the kind of things that is the complaint. So Pennsylvania has very high gas taxes. Where's that money going? And people are paying their taxes for one reason. They're not getting it. They just raised uh, when the new governor came in two years ago, they brought in a, a progressive socialist governor and he raised the gas tax within three weeks of being sworn in by 25 cents a gallon. Ooh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. That's a whole bunch of gas tax. So uh, I'm in Delaware. We pay 218, 219 a gallon. You drive five miles and it's 30 cents more. Mm-hmm. And it's all in taxes. That's the whole deal. So that's a big deal. Real, Lauren, we've only got like two minutes left. We're mm-hmm. in winter. You and I talked about what we should do in winter. And you said tires and make sure you use the the yellow or the the red uh, uh, windshield cleaner stuff. What? The ice or washer fluid. Any other color than blue. Yeah, the purple, don't be... the green, the yellow, the... because it stops what's called refreeze. You ever squirt your, your windshield and the, the blue juice goes onto the but windshield? And it... Sell the blue at the grocery store and CVS. And yeah, it's it only alcohol be... and water. Sorry. Oh, it's nothing. Jerks. So what happens, you ever see it come back up and it like freezes your windshield? You're like, I just used the squirters. What's going on? The other colors, it's called de-ice or washer fluid, stops what's called refreeze so refreeze is when you spray your washer fluid and it refreezes so when you fill up 
your tank with the reef, the de-icer washer fluid, take the excess and put it in your trunk because you don't want to be using the blue stuff or mixing it. You want to get rid of the refreeze because 80% of your driving decisions are based on visibility. Hmm. I'm in. I didn't even know they sold this stuff. So we have to go to like a car place to get the red or the green? No, no. no. I went to the Wegmans this weekend and I bought two gallons of of the uh, de-icer stuff. And I I have one gallon of the blue stuff that I save for the the warmer weather now. But thanks to Lauren. And and is there anything else we should be doing winter wise? Because you said snow tires, winter tires are different and you should Mm -hmm. get I got a minute left, right, Ange? Uh, all right. Couple mm-hmm. couple things to add. If you're in your vehicle on a regular basis and you do see a lot of snow and cold weather, get some of those $1 uh, hand warmers. Get two packs for each person because if you've got little ones or someone who gets cold feet, you can use them in your shoes. You can use them in your gloves. And if you get stuck on the side of the road, you'll be really glad that you have a blanket, a hat, gloves, maybe a set of snow boots you just toss in the trunk. Better to be prepared than to leave for wherever you're going dressed nicely and realizing you're totally unprepared because it never happens when you are prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I have to say, um, I got married and thought I'd never have to buy the blue stuff again. And now I've got a husband <clears throat> buying the blue stuff who doesn't even know it's supposed to be the green or the red. And I agree <sighs> with you with the extra blankets and the hand warmers. That's a great idea because yeah. um, if you do break down, especially if it's inclement weather and people can't get to you quickly, you'll definitely want that. One of my girlfriend's cars went into a ditch up at the Rocky Mountains and she was in there for several wow. days and she had a packet <gasps> of oatmeal. Wow, she's lucky to be alive. That's she scary. lost her legs, both of them, from the uh, from <gasps> the knee down. It was serious business. Oh, she's a mom of my four, goodness. but she survived. And so, wow, you know, that particular accident make me. You know, the, my husband's like, "You got a bunch of junk in the back of your car." I'm like, "They are coats." Yep, you may need them. That's why a full, a complete emergency kit I have on my website, uh, laurenfix.com. You look up compl- uh, perfect emergency kit. It has literally everything you need. And I always toss bars of beef jerky or nuts or whatever it is you can eat or can't eat in your glove box. And don't eat them when you're hungry because you can always stop when the weather's nice. But if you get stuck in the cart, you'd be glad you have more than a little pack of oatmeal because that's really a serious situation. And we hear these stories every single year. You really need to be safe. Be safe. Thanks, Lauren. All right. Thank you, guys. Angie Austin and Mike Opelka talking to you about traveling because we've just done a fair amount of that. Mike, you were filling in in Chicago uh, on uh, a big station there and then visiting your family. And I traveled around with my clan as well. But um, I, I don't really want to talk about my trip so much, which was fabulous, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you. <laughs> Very happy for you. Because you worked the whole time, didn't you? I did. I Well, you know, I, I love what we do. I love our jobs. I love this crazy business we call show. And so work is play for me. And if I get to go hang out with friends and family in Chicago and still do a little work, that's all right. It doesn't hurt. Hmm. Okay, so you just go really early in the morning, and then you'd, like, spend the whole day with them? You weren't tired or anything? Because I know how early you get up for these morning shows. Well, let's not get crazy. I don't spend the whole day with my family. I I will hang out with them for a little while, and we'll do some Christmassy stuff. And then, uh, you know, as one of nine kids, now eight, we don't all get along the same way. Oh, really? So, oh, really? We're all yeah. of you together? At one time we were. We had a Christmas Day dinner that was spectacular. Really? And it was, it was a train wreck. 
and wonderful all at the same time. That's just, you know, big families are like that. Family gatherings happen to have all the pitfalls and uh, pinnacles of of every human failing and and, and the wonderful things. All right, so, so if the I, eight brothers and sisters were there, and I know your parents have not been gone that long, and you've obviously got been kids there as well. How many people were there for that meal? There were about 35 people wow. in my sister's house in the suburbs of Chicago, and it's not very big. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Well, that kind of leads me into the, the couple of things I wanted to talk about. It's just a couple of things coming about with the new way we travel now, okay? Now, okay. this Airbnb and the VRBO and the rent that, you know, rent your house out or rent your room out, it's really changed uh you know, the way we travel, and because we oftentimes will rent a house, which, you know, creeps me out because I always think they're watching us on the camera, which I'm, I, I, I swear they do. But they um, I, I came across an article. I know I'm, I'm always tell the kids not to run around without their clothes on. Um, I do. OK, if you had an Airbnb next door. So I have this new travel website because, you know, I probably took about 12 trips last year. So it's interesting to me. I mean, I don't blog or anything. I just like to show my kid adventures and I get some of these houses. But there's very strict rules when I rent a house. And um, also, you know, they they tell you things like, um, you you know, you can be uh, out at this time. Like one of them said you can't go out before like nine o'clock in the morning or be out past nine o'clock at night, like on the patio. And I actually respected that, you know. But what I found with this article, it says the problem with the Airbnb next door. So she's in the Hollywood Hills, which is a very expensive area. They scrimped, she and her husband, to get this little house. And then they're next door to someone that they've never met. They've never met the owner of the home because they live in a different home. But they've actually turned that home into an Airbnb. And so sometimes she says, like on a weekend, they'll, somebody will rent the Airbnb to have like a full-on, I mean, thumping, bass-thumping party in their residential neighborhood. And then they're right next door. So that not only can they hear it, but then when the trash guy comes, like the trash that you have in a residential neighborhood is like the once a week kind of trash that the garbage man comes to get, not like 15 bags that sit there and then the coyotes come down and rip it all open. And when she explained all the weird little things they have to deal with, with an Airbnb uh, being next door, I can see why they've gotten so much stricter with the rules. And she says the Airbnbs on her street where the people live there and then they might uh, periodically rent it out or rent a room out she said you wouldn't even know the people are there because the owners are on site and they manage it but if it's an off-site owner who just rents out the house next door to you she said it's like a free-for-all that you walk outside and they're gawking at you they're asking you questions it's you know you don't have any privacy they come in and out at odd hours so i was like wow it's really that would be i would not want an airbnb next door it's like i'm living next to a hotel That would bother me if I lived in a neighborhood like that and one of the houses suddenly became an Airbnb that regularly had loud parties. And, uh, you know, I've often said I'm against homeowners associations because I think it imposes the uh, mob rule on everybody. I'm, I'm one of those crazy libertarians who likes freedom. But if it's going to ruin the the quality of life, like you said, if you're now plus the trash things, we get um, a two cans per household per week. You're allowed to put out one recycling bin and one general trash bin. That's every it? week. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we put all kinds of extra bags out. We got six people at our house. 
Well, you got you got problems, lady. You can pay for more. <laughs> but but the basic deal here, and they police it pretty well, is uh, you know two cans. So if you've got fifteen bags, and like you said, the coyotes coming down, that's going to diminish the quality of life. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think quality of life crimes uh, in and in touch with or connected to insurance questions. This is the thing. You know, you talked about how Airbnb and VRBO, vacation rental by owner, have uh, changed the world. It's kind of the way Uber and Lyft and things like that have. You have to look at your insurance policies to see if you will violate those policies right. if you're home or your car suddenly becomes a business. Okay, I I do. I'm in several of my friends do this now. One lives right by the Rose Bowl, and you know, outside of it, near Pasadena. Yeah, yeah. So they might just sporadically do it, and I like doing it because then I can find a really nice location. I mean, I like renting them. I don't rent out my own home. I don't know. I think it's kind of a hassle. But if I needed the money, believe me, I would in a heartbeat. Uh, there's another story, a travel story, and I'm not going to have time to get into it with you now. But I want to, f- if we have time today, go through it because it's something new, and I'm wondering if you've heard of it because you're super on top of the pulse of anything that's trendy it's called they are called beg packers beg packers i don't know about this beg packers my brain is now going a thousand miles an hour trying to figure out what this is beg packers beg packers usually uh if i'm getting ready to go somewhere and i put the suitcase out the dog jumps in the suitcase my cat does that's the bag packer in our house. The dog wants to do it. So maybe we'll we'll address this again. Yeah. We'll get back to this. We'll tease bag packers. I have absolutely no idea. Is it legal? Well, it's 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 legal in some places and a lot of millennials are doing it and oh. and it's controversial because some people think it's kind of immoral and it's taking advantage of locals. Uh, you know, where they, when they travel around the world in the third world countries. And I'll tell you exactly how I feel about it. So this morning, let's try to find time to talk about it. All right. Beg Packers. I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot. This is uh, fabulous. You stumped me already in the new year. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right. Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC. And when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-J. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, A small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-Jane. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-Jane. 303-238-Jane. ArcThrift.org. Does Arc make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ArcThrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I love... 
Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a Good News listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks that's Rejuvenation on the ROX.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal. Hey, it's Angie. The big Super Bowl game is right around the corner, and who better to help us prep like a pro than Elizabeth Heiskell, author of the new Southern Living Party Cookbook and today's show food contributor. She's here to tell us how to home gate, to do some home gating like a pro. Welcome, Elizabeth. How are you? you Doing know, well. Tell us, tell us what is home gating. I will. I will. I'm so excited to share it with you. Um, you know, very few of us have tickets to the big game, to be honest. So our next best thing is going to be a home gate. So instead of a tailgate, we're bringing it all inside. You can invite your friends over, turn on the TV, cook up some absolutely wonderful recipes that they'll all enjoy. And I'm telling you, you're going to have one of the best game day experiences you've ever had. Well, I think for many of us that don't have the knack that you do, we get overwhelmed. So do you have ideas for things that are easy and fun that may not, you know, uh, intimidate us? I absolutely do. So I've teamed up with Farm Rich because they are the most valuable player when it comes to game day recipes. And one of their new recipes that I am obsessed with, it's a grilled cheese stick. So they've already done all the work for us. And what we did just to take it up another step, we have these wonderful little shot glasses. We filled them with um, tomato soup. So you can use that as a dipper. So you've got your soup, you've got your grilled cheese, and you've got one happy, happy camper with that. The other thing is, is that I love loaded potato skins, and Farm Rich makes one of the best out there. Um, And if you think about it, they're already shaped like a little football. Mm -hmm. And so we took sour cream, and then we piped little stripes on um, on the loaded potato skin so that it looks just exactly like a football, like the stitching on a football. So So those are fun and exactly. It's so fun. It's so festive. It adds to the overall look of your table, which is what we want to achieve, this fun, you know, home gate decor. (laughs) The other thing that I am obsessed with are meatballs. And um, so if I can figure out any way that I can work that meatball into my tablescape, buddy, I am. So we have um, farm-rich mozzarella bites, and I made like a little stack with them. So we've got the mozzarella bites on the bottom, and then I skewered a meatball on top of that, put a little dollop of marinara on top of the meatball, and now we've got a fun hors d'oeuvre that everyone is going to to enjoy. Um, One of the recipes from my book, it's actually from the, the tailgate chapter, is a bacon bite. And this is probably oh. the, the, the most popular recipe in this book. And it's only three ingredients. It couldn't be any easier. So it's a breadstick that then you take a piece of bacon and you wrap it all the way around that. And you roll it in brown sugar. And then you put those in the oven for, um, you know, about 30 minutes until the bacon gets really nice and crisp. That brown sugar gets wonderful and caramel. 
caramelized. Oh, my Lord, you want to talk about something fun that your guests are going to enjoy. Boy, you're going to be thanking Jesus for bacon when you eat that. (laughs) I'm telling you, you are. And the other thing we're going to be thanking Jesus for (laughs) is this wonderful um, mimosa. So it's kind of a kicked up mimosa because it is game day. It's the big game, and we want it to be super special. So to our regular classic mimosa, we added a little bit of pineapple juice, a little bit of grenadine to it just to make it even that much more festive. And, you know, mimosas, honestly, are something you can start drinking in the morning and nobody's going to be judging you. <laughs> now, if you, but, but just in case you did want to make it a mocktail or if you had kids and you want them to have something fun to drink as well, you can always switch out that champagne for a little bit of um, ginger ale. And that will make it wonderful and festive as well. That's a great idea. And the um, you mentioned the first one to me just sounds amazing with the shot glasses of the tomato soup. So they're actual little um, grilled cheese sandwich sticks. Exactly. And they are wonderful. So it's basically two pieces of, um, of white bread that then have wonderful cheese inside of them. And then they've already been grilled for you. So all the work's been done by Farm Rich, which again, you don't want to be the one in the kitchen sweating and working while everybody else is sitting on the couch eating and drinking and enjoying themselves. And this is another way that Farm Rich can take the pressure off of us. You know, but also, there's no reason that you can't ask your guests for help. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of times they're more than happy to bring something. They want to be involved in the party as well, and there's no better way than asking them to bring an appetizer or maybe a drink, Um, you know, their favorite beverage, just to make the party more fun and also less work on you. Well, and I, I think you're right about that. And oftentimes we're, you know, intimidated to do that. But if we did all the appetizers you mentioned, it would really look like we put a lot of time and thought into it because there'd be a theme and everything kind of fits together. Exactly, exactly. And that's what you want. You want a really fun, cohesive um, tablescape that everybody can enjoy that's memorable. And it looks like you went to some effort to make it special for your guests. Yeah, and Elizabeth, there's no shame in that game if you want to have another table where you put everything that all of your friends have brought so you can have your fancy one and then be like, oh, I've got another table for all of the, you know, um, everything everyone's brought. So we're going to put that all here and make that look nice as well. So you can have two separate tables set up if you want to keep your theme going. Absolutely. Or just go ahead and incorporate some empty platters on your um, yeah. on your tablescape so that then when they do come with something, then you can say, okay, that platter there that's already empty, that's for yours. You put yours down. And then that way you control it. Otherwise, if they do bring something that, um, that maybe is not as adorable as yours, you can always just put that in the kitchen. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, my, my aunt's r- rainbow jello salad. What you're talking about, please tell me it has marshmallows and maraschino cherries in it. It does, and I think coconut. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's definitely one that needs to live in the kitchen. All right, give us the website for more info. Where do we go, Elizabeth? Oh, that's the best. So go to farmrich.com for all of these great game day recipes and more. Excellent, farmrich.com. Thanks. It was a lot of fun, Elizabeth. Oh, take care, honey. Love you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it 
product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.